Hey everyone, it's Gloria. Welcome to season three, episode six of Miss Independent. Today I'm joined by my friend Runda, who you may remember from the Bitcoin episodes. If you haven't listened to those, you should definitely listen to them now because Bitcoin is really just popping off. And if you want to know a little bit more about the technology behind it, then check out season two, episodes six and seven. This episode was prompted by a listener question. Shout out to my friend Gloria. No, I'm not referring to myself in third person. You can leave me audio messages on my anchor page, which is in the show notes. So here's Gloria's question. Hey, Gloria, it's your pal Gloria here, or for the other listeners out there, Gloria number two, as I was referred to as an elementary school. Um, I was curious if you could talk about all of the GameStop shenanigans that have been going on over the past few weeks. Um, I've been trying to read up on it to understand, you know, all that's been going on, but I'm still a little confused um, and also thought you'd be able to provide a good summary and perspective on the whole situation. So thanks. Okay, so let's set the scene a little bit here before we dive into the conversation with Rhonda. So between December and February, early February, we saw the share price of GameStop jump from around $17 to almost $500. We have hedge funds, we have Wall Street Bets, the people of the internet, and we have GameStop. GameStop is a retailer of video games, consoles, and merch that hasn't been doing so hot as of late, like many retailers. And then we have the internet people, but also other institutional investors, more on this later. There's a subreddit called Wall Street Bets. They're known for making ridiculous calls more often than not losing millions of dollars, though sometimes gaining. And then we have hedge funds. So It's basically a group of super rich people that get together, pile in their money. I'm talking trillions of dollars under management in hedge funds globally. And the hedge fund manager manages their money with aggressive strategies like short selling to provide higher than average returns to its investors. And it's also important to note that these hedge funds are very lightly regulated. They can literally invest in anything. It's not just stocks and bonds. So basically what's been happening was these hedge funds have been short selling GameStop and other companies because they think that it's easy money because these companies they think are gonna go bankrupt. And what is a short sell? A short sell is basically borrowing a share from your broker, selling it immediately, and then waiting for the price to drop to buy it back at a lower price, where then you return the share you borrowed and pocket the difference. So you'd want to short sell shares of companies you think will decline. And in this case, more shares of GameStop were shorted than were available in the float, which is the amount of shares publicly available for investors to trade, which is weird and shouldn't happen. So how can you short something you didn't borrow? Like, how can you borrow something that doesn't exist? This is called a naked short, and it shouldn't happen. You can visit whereartheshares.com for more information on this. I found that quite interesting. All right, so now we have some context, and this is our conversation on why now. So there's this guy on Reddit with the username deep effing value. We can't swear, it's a family show. (laughs) And he's been posting calls on GameStop since at least last year. And I don't know why all of a sudden it just like blew up. 
because he's been posting consistently for the past couple years. And he just believes that GameStop is going to eventually blow up because of the new consoles, because of the increased value of collectibles, because gaming is growing. And so I think that at its core, from my understanding, he just believes that the stock was undervalued. Yeah, it's a classic Warren Buffett play of value investing. Exactly. So why did this happen? That's exactly what happened on like the market forces allowed the uh, value correction. And now you can arguably say that it's like over overcorrected and then blew up because um, all corrections happens parabolic and then goes towards the extreme, especially when you've got the whole surge in demand. So let me just um, kind of pull back on exactly uh, how the story happened on my perspective as well. So just as exactly what you've um, just just mentioned, the anonymous user, Deep Effing Value, uh, started to buy these uh, GameStop long call options. First of all, is call options, which means the right to buy the shares uh, at a certain value later down the line uh, at whatever premiums that's available to the market at the time. It's these contracts that's, that allows the person who holds the contract the right to purchase shares. So we had that. It's like a higher volatility on what a normal share price of what GameStop should be. And then the whole options market is really based on like a larger volatility of certain stocks in the market. Usually it's like a vehicle to like kind of gain a larger alpha in finance. It's like the, a larger difference of like what you're trying to profit off of. So let's say if, if you have like Apple shares or something and they're at $100 and then you're expecting it to definitely hit $110 next year, you would potentially buy options just to call that price. And then if it goes above 110 next year and based on like your calculations, uh, you think that with all these market forces of a new phone, or like the new watch or new AR glasses, that's probably going to come out next year. Uh, you think that the stock price will definitely be more than 110, but you want to make more money from the movement of price that way. And you would probably purchase um, long call options at a time because uh, you're speculating that will probably happen. And then with call options, you're investing less money initially, and then you're basically gaining a larger share of the profit. So that's exactly what the trade for from that guy on GameStop is probably doing. So it's like this classic case of, hey, I found this company on the market. I think it's undervalued because um, people think the GameStop retail stores are dead which I think, I don't think it's, it's dead. People are probably still going to the stores and buying um, consoles and whatever these like little knickknack things that gamers have or like these merch in 
the retail stores. And then uh, it's probably not going away. And uh, people in general, the market sentiment on GameStop specifically, it was like they're probably going to go bankrupt. And uh, But the guy literally did his homework on finding out, hey, this they actually don't have that much debt. They had a decent bit of cash on their balance sheets to actually not go under. This is like a functioning company that's probably not going to go bankrupt. So I'm just going to buy call options on just saying that they're definitely worth more than $4 at the time. And uh, that guy is expecting for the market to realize that in a couple of years when uh, the market kind of like understands, okay, why is this company not going bankrupt? Maybe they're actually doing fine. And I think like during 2020 was like when all these console cycle happened and then uh, they had better performing numbers. Uh, Somewhere down the line, I remember uh, Michael Burry. The big short guy, for those of you who don't know. Also went on this trade of going long on GameStop as well. And then GameStop itself, in terms of the short interests at the time, was also a fairly high number too. And then uh, the number of people who, uh, who had puts on GameStop and like short shares on GameStop was like also fairly large. And um, with this, shorts would have an exposure of actually getting short, uh, short squeezed if the demand to buy GameStop shares were to go up. And it's called a short squeeze because short sellers are squeezed out of their positions, usually at a loss. So how did it happen? Like all of a sudden, why are people only noticing it now? Okay, so there, there was a couple things. At first, the Reddit guy, I mean, like it could have been anyone. The Reddit guy just happened to be there <laughs> and then, and then uh, happened to be on Wall Street Bets. And uh, Wall Street Bets is usually this kind of like viral community in the first place. He was already posting that for like more than a year. And then he was periodically posting what he called a, uh, YOLO calls on GameStop, like the prices and like the progress of his calls. I guess like he had had money in it, he might as well just periodically post it on Wall Street bets, hoping some someone will catch on and um, actually bet along with him. Because it's such a short, heavy stock to begin with, he was probably also hoping for a momentum of GameStop stock purchases to kind of catch up a little bit to also do a short squeeze on them. But then uh, during the pandemic, there was like a couple hedge funds that started to bet against GameStop with a large amount of money going short. When these hedge funds suddenly went short on these large amount of GameStop shares, they didn't really notice that the amount of short interests on GameStop actually exceeded more than a hundred percent who didn't notice these hedge funds who went short on gamestop how could they not have noticed i think that in this case like what was happening was they weren't even borrowing 
the shares. They weren't legitimately borrowing the shares. Like they were naked shorts. Yes. So they definitely would have known. Yeah. So like in this case, there was uh, also this thesis of like going, selling so much. They were just trying to press down on the share prices so much that they're expecting the company to go bankrupt and then not allowing the company to actually issue equity out on the public markets to actually acquire more cash from the stock market. And then a lot of times that when, when a company is public like this, they have like the opportunity to issue more shares when they actually need the cash to keep the company afloat. So they were probably betting on, they probably won't be afloat within this period of time. So we're just going to go so short on them that they won't really get enough cash flow if they were to want to issue more equity out on the market in order to at, at a fair value price, right? So they were probably betting on that and then trying to bankrupt the company, like usually how they manipulate the market. <laughs> exactly. So it is market manipulation, but it's legal, I guess. Yeah. Because short selling is legal and hedge funds are very lightly regulated. Yeah. And they went so heavy on that leverage. The trade on this whole like Wall Street bets kind of caught up along with a deep effing values analysis because um, it's, it's literally his analysis is literally in these uh, periodic posts on Wall Street bets. More people caught on, and uh, suddenly this other user that's kind of an influencer now on Wall Street Bets, Roaring Kitty, also started to front run that trade. Also, and they also had uh, because like Michael Burry was also front running uh, at an institution level on like that GameStop trade as well. Before, more people had this kind of information on like, hey. This is a functioning company with a decent balance sheet that's probably not going bankrupt. So <laughs> let's just all go YOLO on GameStop as well, because this is this all makes sense. This whole entire trade makes sense. Let's do a short squeeze. Right. So just because he put that on Reddit, then other people were like, yes, like, let's do this. What I'm trying to understand now is how did people start piling on to this, right? Because I'm like, I'm looking at deep effing values, like posts from a year ago. And people are like, I hope you sold ahead of this Armageddon. Yeah, this is a scary position. The spread is too high, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of people who were saying that it's not a good position for him to be in, you know? So how did it go from that sentiment to the sentiment of let's all buy GameStop? A couple things. Yeah, before it wasn't a very popular trade. Uh, just literally a year ago or a year and a half ago. I think what kind of sparked it was also from like, Roaring Kitty kind of uh, catching up on this trade as well and then saying, verifying the thesis of like this whole thing being legit. 
And um, with like more earnings um, progressively during 2020 on the new gaming console cycles happening, GameStop actually had some pretty forward-looking earning calls after during the entire 2020 year. So if you actually listen back and like read those um, quarterly reports, they actually were like they actually projected a fine kind of uh, forward-looking statements for the entire year of the company, which is which was pretty funny to these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were beating the market predictions too. Well, at least I think in two quarters of 2020 they did. Yeah. So as 2020 happened, I think um, more people on Reddit started to catch up. And then uh, then eventually, I, I think like the end parts of 2020, the, I, I think like the stock was at $4, around $4, just early 2020. And then it kind of jumped up to like mid $5 to almost $6 during the later parts of 2020. And then that kind of uh, had just that over 20% uh, appreciation for the stock price during that entire time. And on like a relatively kind of traditional retail player too on the market where like you saw all these tech players just going bonkers on like over 300% or something. But that, that was actually a relatively okay performance for someone like GameStop. Yeah. Right. And oh, another thing, um, as these like Wall Street bets people kind of piled in during the momentum of this trade, and then like more people kind of uh, added their inputs in the comments and added more threads on like more evaluations of like this entire trade. You got you got to remember that like institutional players are probably also keeping an eye on these Reddit threads, especially Wall Street bets. So during the uh, momentum of this kind of short squeeze, so this is like a more technical kind of uh, term where uh, the whole mechanic is called a gamma squeeze. So it happens when in the options market, when the demand for buying these options kind of shifts from um, net put to net net long basically when that gamma shift change it basically drives the entire premiums up and down uh like in either direction so like the premiums for all these options also like all suddenly just like spiked up. So all these shorts who, who tries to short more shares, they actually couldn't because these premiums all spiked. With the uh, options market, it's like a whole nother thing. I, I think uh, we're able to explain it just by saying this in the shares market where um, before all these people who are short these shares were uh, over a hundred percent, and then suddenly, even like at that position, if the demand for buying shares or like the people who are, like the inflow of people who are buying 
investors even exceed to like a total of like one percent of the shares of GameStop, that would have literally drove up the entire price of GameStop uh, stock. For example, because you're ultimately short on supply of shares at that point. Yes, yeah, suddenly all these all these institutions will need to come up with these shares to actually <laughs> sell to these people who are all piling on to buy these shares or yeah. Yeah, just in the end even to just like if these people are not doing complicated stuff like calls or puts like even if they were just buying these shares regular people who are buying the GameStop shares there would need a share for them to buy that would have ultimately drove up the price or even like if you even think of an institution they were if an institution were to even put a million dollars just buy the GameStop shares they it would have squoze those uh those short sellers yeah exactly because when there's more demand the price will go up and then when the price goes up the short sellers want to cover their position to like minimize their losses because that difference is like decreasing now the difference between the amount that they borrowed it for and the amount that they have to buy it back for and that's what led to the huge losses that were suffered by Melvin. But what is happening now? Because you know that website, like is the squeeze It says no. And that the short interest is still like 50%. So that means that there's still like people still have not covered their short position completely. That's true. This this squeeze have not been squoze. Yeah. Just like just like what I've said, but but here's the other thing. Before, when they're very close to a hundred percent, or like even over a hundred percent, like theoretically, the net available shares that's potentially out on the market to trade, there was literally no supply. So, like, if GameStop is at like fifty or sixty percent short, there could like still be some room for a decent bit number of shares that's available for the market to trade. Um, and that kind of, kind of, uh, I don't think like you're ever going to get like the uh, volatility of GameStop of like literally what happened on um, GameStop two weeks ago uh, for that to happen again, because the short interest is at like a much more, lower percentage so there there's probably actually a decent bit of shares to actually um, buy on the market yeah uh so like the market supply is actually at like an okay level mm-hmm. i mean unless unless everyone suddenly just buy gamestop instead of tesla and bitcoin i mean that probably would have squoze those people Another thing that I came across was the failed to deliver shares. So that's another thing that going back to what you said about, you know, how there's like two parties where someone has to buy, someone has to sell. So there's a bunch of failed to deliver, like as much as 5% 
of shares. And that kind of further proves the fact that they were doing like naked shorts. And isn't that illegal? Like, why is this happening? Like, how is that allowed to happen? Yeah, I think uh, that ultimately should have never happened. I mean, these institutions, whoever are executing these, um, whoever is the clearinghouse or like the provider for these contracts obviously did not have the supply of these shares available. So ultimately, those contracts should have never been drawn up. I mean, there's potentially like nuances, but uh, potentially you could kind of uh, draw up borrows. Yes, if you're selling the borrowed shares and then selling, then it looks like yeah, there's more that's owned. Yeah, but it's actually like one person owns the borrowed shares, so that creates an extra. But that's just the data that's like not accurate. Yeah, and then uh, that's the whole thing with like these systems, and and then like you're you're hearing a lot more on like blockchain technology being proposed on as like the better system that accounts for these the accuracy of these shares and uh, I'm still skeptical. Yeah, and you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, it definitely like the, the whole smart contracts and using blockchain to account for the number of these shares would make a lot of sense. Um, some people argue that like the system works fine the way it is because like it functions. Does it? <laughs> yeah, th- does it though? With GameStop, maybe potentially that's the catalyst of getting these regulators to at, at least consider using blockchain. I know Intercontinental Exchange is looking at blockchain on potentially um, kind of revamping their systems that way, but they're still fairly slow. They've got trading for like certain blockchain systems, but like they're still kind of testing that out. Yeah, well, I mean, it's still fairly new technology when you think about it in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, the SEC definitely need to kind of uh, give further guidance or like at least kind of understand what blockchain technology is to know how to set their regulation rules that way. Um, And I think like, I think they're going to have some decent progress with like the new SEC chair that they're getting on board, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we, we will see. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what uh, the market looks like in the future. But I think that at the end of all this, like we can just conclude that, the stock market is not real. Like nothing is real. It's just based on people's like feelings. It's everyone's sentiments and that's what creates it. Yeah. It has nothing to do with anything really. So you think memes helped perpetuate the stock price? Yeah, absolutely. It did. Like if you think on like the amount of meme pages that has like 
millions of followers. Retail investors are probably going to buy GameStop from that, or like a certain percentage of retail investors are probably going to buy that. That's pretty horrible, though. It's kind of like if you think about it, it's like as a normal retail investor, I myself would want to spend my time to like research this stock and like ensure that it's a viable investment in my eyes before I buy it. I'm not going to buy it because it's a meme. Yeah. And then, and then you're going to find out with your due diligence, you're going to find deep effing values post. You're going to find Warren Kitty on Wall Street bets. They're all just. And I would, it is my, it is my hope that people do this. You know, yeah, but I don't think that's the case, and I think that's the issue. That might have also like drove like just momentum traders, because like this is like a whole yeah whole um, other category of traders on the market as well, where like they purely just buy and sell equities based on like the momentum in trends on like where it's going, and sometimes like when. Uh, Literally, when GameStop broke the trend of like more than $40, that was probably, and I mean, like I do this myself for like certain equities when I just like happen to find them on the market where like, it seems like it's going up and then breaking new all-time highs. That's also when you buy it because um, sometimes like when a momentum is shifting to like an all-time high price, sometimes like when it breaks that, it will kind of reach this price discovery mode and basically anything goes in there. It could literally find a new price that's like potentially 2x or 3x or in some cases, or, or it could just be 10% or like 1% more. But when, when there's like more activity and because like these uh, purchase volumes are kind of all searchable data you're able to see that like gamestop trading activity wasn't slowing down and then during that time like a lot of momentum traders probably also jumped into the opportunity so like there's more nuance to this like i mean like with elon musk tweeting game stonk probably helped a lot too <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and also the social capital guy so was also getting in on it. He, yeah. he bought calls. So there was, yeah, like there's a lot of stuff that went into this and it was a long time coming, it seems. And it was just kind of the perfect storm. Yeah, it was the whole social movement. Like it's a nice narrative story that like the institutions probably jumped on, some institutions probably has an ax to grind with these short sellers too, probably jumped on to squeeze that. I mean, yeah, it's a whole multitude of like nuances that probably happened. What I also think about that's like the whole issue wasn't raised as much in the media. The fact that um, certain institution players were like high net worth individuals was also... They were like long GameStop. Yeah. Yeah. They were also betting along with these people. So like... Yeah, like... BlackRock made so much money. Michael Burry, like, I think the media has really portrayed it as like a David and Goliath situation where that's not really the case at all. And also, I think the media has portrayed it as a let's stick it to the man kind of situation. But 
at the end of the day, like Wall Street is fine. Like this is a blip. Yeah, to me, like when you take an account of like how many institutional players that was also on the Wall Street bets bet side, I mean, like if you take an ex- account of that, I mean, market forces actually worked out fine. It was really like during the midst of all that when like there were high volatility on the stock price. The the main issue is like really just um, these trading platform. They've restricted purchasing GameStop stock, and also kind of like if you take into account of like certain uh, trading platforms like TD Ameritrade, Robinhood, and like certain other platforms. I think Schwab too. They all limited people or like their customers to buy. Sh- shares in GameStop. Well, I think that that's because of a multitude of reasons, right? Because there's the clearinghouse thing, which you mentioned before, like they need to make sure everything's all good on the back end. And with all this increased volume, like that's hard to handle. And also probably because there's, they're owned by people who are shorted and they're like, stop this. Yeah. And then, but like uh, certain institutions like Vanguard, they, they've never halted trading. I'm also going to kind of uh, take a position here, controversial position on my opinion of the way that Vlad, the CEO of Robinhood, just lied to everyone on television the first time and the second time on uh multiple platforms like clubhouse with his interview with elon and or like even the first time when they were questioned on whether they were facing a liquidity issue at a time they should have just communicated the truth on like yeah they were facing a liquidity issue on that day where uh their clearinghouse asked him to put up an extra billion dollars or was it two billion? And then, then eventually turned into seven hundred million. You know, like they should have been upfront with those people to the public. Yeah. So then, why wasn't he? Like we don't know. Yeah, at least to everyone to think that they have like alternative motives, or they just have this history of being bad communicators. Um, I would like to keep the conspiracy theories. Uh, out there and say i i would speculate that there's probably the illuminati that's behind all this (laughs) yes yes and i think that is a great way to end this episode it is the illuminati exactly As the aspiring Miss Independent, this is Gloria signing out. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. And if you're using Apple Pods, please toss me five stars. It would help me so, so much. So see you next time. Until then, stay healthy and grow wealthy.